0: Hey Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Pod. Now enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Romeo's Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the chicken parmesan pizza, but there are plenty of other options like burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family, or just a place to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeo's a try. Now back to the action.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. As always, it's good to have you guys here with us. Um, and, you know, we got a we got a really big segment coming up and a surprise for some of the listeners coming up uh, about the next game of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. So we got a lot of basketball talk coming to you uh, from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. And, uh, Jack, it's been... It's been a roller coaster of emotions this season so far for the Boston Celtics. So, um, I just wanted to to, to check in on you after a, after a tough game one loss. Um, so how are we feeling well, over there?
0: Well, it was a tough game one loss. Um, to be honest, uh, I had just heard the news about our surprise that we're going to give to our listeners in a little bit. So I was not really as heartbroken as you were, uh, I'm sure at the time. But with that being said, like. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't happy with the outcome. Um, I was actually talking with one of my friends, and right now we're recording it on May 18th, so Game 1 was last night, and I was talking with one of my buddies, and I was like, if the Celtics take both games at home, then we're going to win in five. But if the Celtics split at home, then this series is going seven games. And I believe that, so now we've lost our first game at home, making Game 2 an absolute must-win um, and I mean, I could talk about player stuff. I think that you're going to want to get into that a little bit more than I am being like a bigger basketball player yourself. So I'm going to kick it back to you to do that. And then I'll give some of my thoughts afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. I think that's a good take from you, um, to be a hundred percent honest. I think that it's disappointing as a Celtics fan, but I don't think that you look at this game and you go, Oh, all hope is lost right now. Um, I would say though that, if you're an ESPN analyst right now and you keep posting the, the predictions and the statistics about, like, how the Miami Heat had a 3% chance to win this series, I'm going to need you to stop that right now. All right? Nobody needs that. We don't need that as a Celtics fan. We don't need that as a Heat fan. We don't need them putting that up in their locker room and slapping it every time that they go out of the, out onto the court. Um Everything about that screams bad juju to me. I'm going to need you to cut that out. Today, after the game one loss, they posted that the Heat still have a 13% chance to win the series. That's ludicrous, ludicrous. Please stop doing that. Please stop doing that. For every Celtics fan out there, I think I speak for all of us when I say we do not need this juju right now. Now, that being said, um, a couple of the players. Yep, go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. You can keep going. Okay. Okay. that being said on the player side of the ball, I would say that the first thing that screams um, bad news to me for the Celtics right now is the fact that Jason Tatum had zero field goals in the fourth quarter that's your best player you can't have him have zero field goal attempts in the first in the fourth quarter of a game it wasn't an elimination game so it isn't as much of a travesty I would say but like that's the best guy on the floor technically like if we're speaking from um, you know an all NBA perspective and from you know, an opinionated perspective. I believe that Jason Tatum is the best player in the series, and I think that, okay. the fact that you know, a guy like that shooting no. Yeah.
0: Let's not let's not forget that he did have three consecutive possessions with turnovers down the stretch.
1: He, of course, he did, but you can't have him shoot zero field goals in the fourth quarter.
0: Correct, but the ball was in his hands when the ball had to be in his hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying the fact that your star player can't get it done in crunch time right now. And he has been. He has been performing very well. He performed very well. I mean, of course, he had 51 in a Game 7, which is an NBA record, right, um, in the last series against Philadelphia. But that's what it took to get them over the hump in that series. And, you know, we need to see more of the 51-point scoring Jason Tatum, the takeover of the fourth quarter Jason Tatum, like we saw in Game 6 and Game 7 against the Sixers, then. The, I have 30 already, this Heat team can steal a game in game one, Jason Tatum.
0: Okay, so here's the biggest part of Jason Tatum's game last night that stuck out to me. And, if you look at his field goal percentage, it's not it's not bad. He shot 9 for 17, and he went 11 for 11 at the free throw line. The number that sticks out to me the most is that he only shot three three-pointers all game. And if you know Jason Tatum, you know that the way he gets hot is when he starts getting in his like, three-point bag. And to see him only take three three-pointers a game is a little bit frustrating as a Celtics fan.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that um, I don't hate the fact that Jason Tatum doesn't shoot a bunch of threes. You know, I think that he should be around five or six a game, maybe even more than that, because I think that he's much more effective when he gets downhill and becomes a slasher instead of just somebody who's going to shoot pull-up J's all day. Um although you want him to be that three-level scorer type guy. Um, but, like, if you see him beating people off the dribble, you know, you're never going to look at – I'm never going to argue with that as, like, a good shot for our offense. I'm just stating the fact that if your best player has zero points in the fourth quarter of of a playoff series or of a game in general, you know, your team's probably going to be in trouble, and that's what the Boston Celtics ran into last night.
0: Okay, another number that jumps out to me looking at, looking at the stat sheets is – Robert Williams was minus 14 on the floor. And looking at that number, it just screams to me yeah. mismatch with him and Bam. And Bam only had 20 points in the first game, and I say only like 20 points is a good game for Bam Adebayo, but at the same time, having Robert Williams be minus 14 on the floor means that Spoel exploited him and found something with him on the floor that can get a lineup going. And what that is is a Kyle Lowry two-man game. Kyle Lowry had 15 points off the bench, and came in and ran the two-man game with Bam Adebayo, and just lit it up in in the mid-range, like he was just eating all day. And it's because he got Rob Williams in that drop coverage, and once he gets Rob in that drop coverage, he's got wide-open shots all day long. So I don't feel good about that moving forward. Um, another number that sticks out to me: Marcus Smart had 11 assists, which is awesome on paper, but 10 of those were in the first half, and. Having one of your, yep. one, not one of your best facilitator, your best facilitator on the team only put up one assist in the entire second half means that um, he was just like not on his game at all. And Spole must have given a hell of a halftime speech because we were rolling in the first half and we are a consistent, a consistently bad third quarter team. But they came out and just ran us off the floor and it was not even close. Marcus Smart having one assist in the second half is completely unheard of. Him and Robert Williams were like throwing lobs to each other in the first half. I feel yeah, like Robert Williams. Game was excellent. I feel they like Robert Williams didn't score a single point in the second half. And he didn't score a single point in the second half versus the 76ers either. And so if you know me, you know that I'm a huge proponent of having Robert Williams on the floor because of his defensive excellence. But because Miami has now exploited a flaw in his game defensively. I just don't know if you can trust having him on the floor over a guy like Al Horford and going small to match the Heat lineup.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a bad take from you at all. Um, another thing that I think that you need to point out right now is you have Eric Spolstra, who is, if not the best coach in the league right now, a top three coach in the league versus a rookie head coach in Joe Missoula and Missoula has done a fantastic job taking over where Ime Udoka left off to get the Celtics back in the position that they were in last year. I mean, they were in the finals last year, I guess, so I mean, they're not quite there yet, but like still, they're very successful, and um, you know, all credit to him, but like right now, he does kind of look like he's a bit out of his depth when it comes to the level of coaching that Eric Spoelstra has brought to this team right now. Um, I think that your take on Robert Williams is excellent. I think that the fact that you know he needs to be a plus type of player, unless, or he's not going to be effective on the floor for the Celtics. Um, I don't think Al Horford looked great last night. I also don't think that Derek White looked great last night. I don't think that Malcolm Brogdon made shots when he was supposed to. You know, that's hold, a 50, on, hold on, hold on, guy. hold on, hold on. Brogdon,
0: Brogdon missed two free throws, which is unexcusable. Brogdon did have 19 points off the bench on 50% shooting.
1: Yeah, no, he he shot the ball fine. I'm just saying, like, there are some plays that just were missing for the Celtics down the stretch. You know, you go to the line for an and-one, I expect you to make it if you're a 50-40-90 guy.
0: Agreed. Um, A huge question that I was left with after that game, and if you know me, you know that I love Missoula ball. Um, I've been consistent about the fact that I love Missoula ball on this show. However, when he put in Peyton Pritchard for 12 minutes... Um, when Derek White got into early foul trouble, I found myself questioning it a little bit. Like, I know that there's a lot of people out there who feel that Peyton Pritchard deserves more minutes. Whatever. Fine. Not on our team. He's like our 10th guy deep in the bench. And if we're going to bring in a shooter, why don't we bring in a shooter that's going to give us an elevated matchup in terms of height like Sam Hauser? Or why don't we just roll with a small ball lineup and leave Brogdon in there with the starters instead? Like... I just don't see why Peyton Pritchard got 12 minutes. He went 0 for 2 from 3. And if he's going to be in there, he might as well put up 3-pointers because that's what he's there to do. And he didn't even do that. So I feel like those were wasted minutes, and he was minus 3 on the floor. Um, So I was left with questions about that. If you don't have any more points about the Celtics, I'd like to move to the Miami Heat.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that that's a good point from the Peyton Pritchard side of things. Um, I don't I don't know why that was a decision made by Joe Mazzulla either. Um, but that being said, I do think that we can move over to the Miami Heat uh, for right now. Yeah, that that I think I think we covered it for the Celtics side.
0: Okay, so let's look at the Heat. Right, Jimmy goes for thirty five. You know he's going to do that, right? And so you're expecting that. If I look at Jimmy and Bam, they put up a combined 55 points, and I'm actually not upset with that because you know that that's what you're going to get. Um, the role players from Miami stepped it up big. Caleb Martin played 30 minutes and had three three-pointers and 15 points. Kyle Lowry added 15 points, and Gabe Vincent and Max Strus both also had 15 points. So you're getting 60 points from guys that aren't big players. Um, and And I look at that, and I just say, like, why aren't you – focusing around that like we're putting too much attention on Jimmy and Bam because they're going to get their 35 and 20 regardless that's what they put up every game however much you guard them or not in the playoffs I think that this Miami Heat team historically throughout these playoffs so far have come down to the performances of their role players and we've seen that so far with guys like Gabe Vincent and guys like Kyle Lowry coming off the bench I don't like seeing guys like Caleb Martin get wide open shots over and over and over again and he kept getting downhill as well. Like, he was mixing it up and making our defenders look horrible. Celtics basketball, the offense is generated from defense. We're the best transition team in the league. But if you don't get stops, then you can't do that. And I know that, I know that we went five minutes without giving up any points at the end of the game. We just didn't hit shots there. Like, why did it take us 42 minutes to figure out how to play defense against this team? Um, I'm going to continue on my rant for a second. I'm looking at the numbers. Bam Adebayo plus 18, Gabe Vincent plus 12, Max Strus yep. plus 15. Yep. Gabe Vincent and Max Strus are both yep. guards. Bam Adebayo is a center. That screams two-man game, and those numbers are weirdly similar to those of Robert Williams, but completely inverse. So when that's when those three guys are on the floor, it looks like they're putting Robert Williams in pick-and-roll scenarios where he has to blitz the screen or he has to sit back home. And if he doesn't get up on that screen, they're hitting shots on him all day long. They both shot 60% from three. So that's just something on paper that jumps out to me immediately.
1: Yeah, you make an excellent point about the two-man game, and I think that that's something that everybody at home, if you're a basketball fan, you should have picked up on, was the fact that, one, our Celtics defense did not look in shape. It looked like they were out of whack. If you were on Twitter this morning, like I was looking at Bill Simmons and a couple of other, you know, Boston sports fans who were in the media circuit, they were saying the exact same thing that we're saying right now is that their defense looked kind of lazy. And Kyle Lowry, I mean, like, talk about a guy who will kill you in the two-man game, right? And you saw it last night with the way that he came off the bench and gave him 15 points. Um, But what comes with that two-man game is something that I think you mentioned was, like, when, the, when they get downhill into those uh, those pick-and-roll scenarios and we have to start helping, we leave people like Caleb Martin and like Max Strus who are lethal shooters or can be lethal shooters, wide open on the wings, on the perimeter, in the corner, and that is when we start to see the cracks in the Celtics' defense unfold. Jimmy Butler hit some threes last night, which isn't really in character for him, so I think that you live with those shots, even though you know that Jimmy Butler is going to give you a great performance. Um, I think if you're the Celtics going forward, you need to figure out how to limit them getting pick and roll opportunities and having their guards just kind of dice us up.
0: Well, and it's not just pick and roll opportunities. If you look at their offense, they're cycling in. Like, this is a pattern across the entire league, and it has been developing for the last two years. But everybody's running Spain action, everyone's running pin downs, and there's nobody who does it better than the Miami Heat. Like, the Miami Heat. We'll run pin down all you all day and find open shooters and make that extra pass. And if they're hitting their shots, they're a very hard team to, to beat. And last night, they hit their shots. They shot incredibly well from three. And so, it, this is a team that scares me when they're on, very much so. Um, When they're off, I, after game six, the 76ers said that this league is a make-or-miss league. And at the time, I didn't agree with it for that certain circumstances but when you look at a team like the Miami Heat if they make their shots they've got a very good chance to win the game if they miss their shots they're a very easy team to beat and very easy to exploit so last night they made their shots we've seen it I think that in game two I'm going to move to predictions now I think that in game two we're going to come out and smack them right in the mouth and you and I will be there we're going to the Garden for Game 2. and
1: Yes, we will. We'll be in the house.
0: And um, I think they're going to come out and smack them. And I think that the Heat are going to have a bad shooting night. Uh, so, yeah, I'm incredibly excited for that.
1: Yeah, I was told by my dad specifically before we started this recording to not make predictions about Game 2 because I don't want to bring any bad vibes into the Garden with us tomorrow. Um, but if you're gonna look, I can't. I can't sit here with a straight face and say that I think this Celtics team is gonna lose tomorrow night. I think that they're gonna get the job done, and I hope that we go back to Miami with the series tied one-one. We will need to steal a win in Miami.
0: You call it, you call it a must-win tomorrow, right?
1: I think. I think so. I think it's
0: absolutely a must-win. I also think that we'll steal one yeah, in Miami.
1: No, I. I, I i agree i agree to both of those points i don't like the fact that the miami heat have traditionally played very well in the in the boston garden um but you know as always these are two teams that don't like each other very much have a really deep history and it's always I've great met to three get to times in the team last team four it, eastern so.
0: conference finals
1: yep yep and you got the whole lebron james saga um with the heat and all them before you know so like th- this is a rivalry that goes way back um and, you know, I'm just excited to get to witness it tomorrow night uh, with with you, and, um, you know, I'm excited to to see if the Celtics team can get it done for the boys here in the office.
0: All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little Lakers-Nuggets. Let's talk a little West Coast. I didn't have a chance to watch Game 1. Um, I watched the highlights. I saw that the Lakers were up 20. Or, I'm sorry, the Nuggets were up 20, and the Lakers made a run at it towards the end. Um I saw that Jokic had a triple double with 34 21 14. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's not the best player in the league right now. That's all I'm saying. Um what yeah. I got out of it is that Anthony Davis had the quietest 40-point game I have ever seen.
1: Out of the highlights, you mean?
0: Well, it just it just feels like he he didn't really have an impact on the game. Like, I know he had 40 He had 40 and 10, but it just never really felt like he was dominant like we know he can be. And uh, consistently, we've said that this Lakers team, just like the Miami Heat team, is a team that is built on its role players. And I mean, I look at guys like Austin Reeves had 23, and I look at Roy Hachimura, who added 17. And when the bench players are on, it's like this Lakers team is competitive with anyone. Um. But at the same time, if you're giving up at if Anthony Davis as a defensive superstar, if you are giving up 34 points, 21 rebounds and 14 assists as primary defender. You have to completely rethink your defensive shaping because it's not working.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. As someone who did get to watch a bit of this game, I will say this is one of those games where it felt like the Nuggets were just making literally every shot they took, like they didn't miss a thing. Um, which isn't entirely true, but like I'm I'm sure you said that you watched the highlights. You saw some of the circus shots that they made where like um you know, Jokic got right over like Jokic gets the ball at the end of the shot clock, he draws Anthony Davis in his face or uh I think it was actually LeBron in his face and he just puts it up and it just goes. Or the one that Jamal Murray hit over LeBron and stuff like that. Like those are shots that probably aren't sustainable makes for seven games. But if you're a Lakers team and you're going to try and get into an offensive shootout against the Denver Nuggets, I think you're in for a rude surprise. I think that this is a team that can really score with the best of them. And you saw that in the last series against the Suns where, you know, they got stops when they needed to, but they also outshot two of the best players in the league in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Um, So I do think that Jokic is the best player in the league right now him and Giannis are probably one and two for me, which is weird considering neither of them are the MVP of the league. Um, you know, which I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you and I, you and I both, you know, have our opinions on, but, um, you know, the way that this, this Nuggets team has been playing so far and the way that they, and the way that Jamal Murray has looked, um, he's looked like an all NBA type player right now, even though, I mean, like he didn't have an all NBA regular season, of course, but like, just in general for this series, he's uh, for the series before this one, and now in this series, he's looked very good and very comfortable. Um, I think it's also something that we need to mention that we didn't mention before is that all four of the teams in the in the uh, in the conference finals this year are the bubble teams, which we I really should have talked your, uh, about that. You know, yeah. Your take to that? Um, do, do you want to just do you want to just like I? So is it a fluke or is it not a fluke? I can't really tell the teams that have made it. Yeah, well, I think these teams are legit. I'm just saying like the bubble in general, it's just like kind of it's 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 definitely an interesting look. Oh, I'm I'm a, at, I'm a big know,
0: I'm a big proponent of the bubble is not a legitimate showing of what NBA teams are because guys like Anthony Davis are not able to play that many games while going on the road. Like for those of you who believe in player management, um, as I do to a certain extent, like, to a certain extent, I agree.
1: Like, load Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, idea. I agree to a certain extent. Guys like Anthony Davis cannot go out there every single night at their height with their body and play. And that made it a scenario where it was possible for him to do that, and if he does that, then he's the best, one of the best players on earth. But, um... It's just not realistic to having to go into away arenas and stadiums and put up the same numbers and deal with hostile fans and go on the road and treat your body all these different ways. Like, So I'm a big proponent of it's not a legitimate showing of what those teams are like. And if you look at the rosters of all four of these teams... Actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. The Heat are very similar to when they were in the bubble. If you look at the other three teams... Their rosters are vastly different, and so I think that it's coincidence that all these teams are back that as they were in the bubble, um, but that's yeah. because the rosters are completely different, and it's entirely different makeups of
1: teams. Yeah, I agree. I think that people are reading into it a little bit too much and trying to make a narrative out of something that doesn't really exist But I will say that it is pretty cool to have, you know, these four teams back in a a situation where um, we're going to have a new champion this year, right, which is always a good thing. And, you know, going forward, you have some pretty great rivalry games if the Lakers can make it through this series. Um, Lakers-Heat is a big rivalry, and Lakers-Celtics is, of course, the most classic rivalry in the entire NBA, so... I'm just looking forward to uh, seeing how this all shakes out. Um, And I just wanted to mention that before we continue talking about this Lakers-Nuggets series here. Um, So as I was saying before, I think that if the Lakers get into a shootout with the Nuggets, they'll be in trouble.
0: Right, and it's because the Nuggets role players are very good three-point shooters. Michael Porter Jr., when he came into the league, people didn't like him because he didn't play in college. He missed the entire season. Uh, We've known that he's a three-point threat. Um, we know that Bruce Brown can hit corner threes. We saw that as a Celtics fan last year when he hit four in the first quarter against us. And, um, I look at, uh, KCP who got hot last game for a little bit. Um, he ended with 21 points and he had three threes in a row. So, I mean, I look at guys like that and they can just strap the ball from anywhere. We know what Jamal Murray can do. We know that even Jokic can pop the three. He hit all three of his yesterday. Um, And if I'm the Nuggets, and I'm the Nuggets coach, I don't remember his name right. Mike Malone, right?
1: Mike Malone. If I'm Mike
0: Malone, I'm telling Aaron Gordon to space the floor too. And he can take as many three-pointers as he wants, as long as he shoots whatever, 30%, and just to draw the defense away. So I think that the three-pointer is a huge um, key to the Nuggets winning this series. But I think... I'd like to yeah, talk I'd like to talk defense for a minute with this series. It's so big with every Lakers team. It. The difference between playoff basketball and regular season basketball that might not be picked up by the casual NBA viewer is that regular season basketball guys just go out and they hoop. Playoff basketball is entirely themed around matchup hunting and getting the right switch and getting the right matchups on big men and or guards and trying to get them downhill and that's so big in this series matchup hunting between I mean the Lakers like if you look at their if you look at their team they've got some guys who are dogs on defense and then they've got some holes on defense and so I think that the Nuggets moving forward have had their game where they can play the way that they want to play and will now have to switch it up and play a different style of offense because the Lakers will counter and matchup hunt in order to get Jokic in favorable situations in order to get Jamal Murray in favorable situations against a big man where he can hit his step back shots and stuff like that so I'd like to hear your take on that
1: yeah I I I think that it's going to be an interesting series going forward for a couple of reasons one I think that the Lakers are going to make defensive adjustments to try and limit the touches that Jokic can get period because the Nuggets offense is so heavily um you know favored on that I think that the Lakers need to go to a defensive system where there's less switching. They tend to switch a lot, which is something that Anthony Davis and LeBron James give you as bigs who are capable of guarding more than one position, which is huge. Um, but I think that any switch that has Anthony Davis off of Nikola Jokic is probably a mismatch for this Nuggets team. So I'm interested to see how, how, um, how Coach Ham takes this, takes this uh, going forward. I do think that the Lakers are deeper than the Nuggets right now. Um, I think that their bench depth has been shown throughout this entire, you know, this entire playoff run where it's like big games from guys like Lonnie Walker or guys like Austin Reeves or guys like Rui Hachimura. And I think that the Lakers are going to need some, some of those types of performances to get them over the hump because I really haven't seen, I mean, in the last episode we talked about how we hadn't seen like a Kevin Durant playoff game yet. I don't think I've seen a LeBron James playoff game. I haven't game either. Yet. I was just going to you know? talk about that. Um, Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go on that for, in a second, but like, that's definitely something that if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm a bit concerned about. Um, I think that Anthony Davis, look, he's a great player when he stays healthy. So just keep him healthy. And, um, you know, he's a fantastic defender. So I say, put him on Jokic for the whole game, see how that rolls out. And hopefully you can start to, uh, slow the bleeding down by, by cracking down on defense.
0: Well, I don't have much more to say. Um, I, was, I am fully in agreement about the fact that we have not seen a LeBron James game. And maybe that is just a sign of his age because we've never gone three rounds without seeing a LeBron James game so far. So maybe that's a factor of his age. Uh, and maybe he's just not on his game right now. So I'm excited to see that. I think we will get one in this series. And I think that in order for the Lakers to win, we have to see one. Um, But... I don't have much more to say on that. I'm ready to move on.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I'm good to move on as well. All
0: right, so with that being said, that wraps up our NBA segment for this episode. Now we are going to kick it to ourselves in the future for a draft. All right, and we are back with our first draft in a while. I want to say it's been over two months since our last draft. We don't have any special guests today. It's just the two of us. Um, no microscope this week. Uh, sorry to all our listeners out there, but we're doing this instead. This week's theme is throwback NBA players, like nostalgic NBA players or NBA duos that just like hit us with nostalgia and make us want to go back to like 2015 and watch like a – regular season game, um, and just live in that era again. So with that being said, Alex, I'm gonna give you first pick. You can have You're it. You're
1: gonna give me first pick. Yeah, go for it. Interesting. So I think that there are a lot of ways that someone could go with this draft. Um, especially since you opened this this up to duos, which to me screams that you ran out of players. Um, but here's...
0: I did not run out of players. I just want these that's duos. That's fair,
1: that's fair. But here's, here's, here's my thought process behind it. I'm I'm thinking... I'm not thinking about duos that I think were the best because I think that, you know, like, someone could draft... Hypothetically, someone could draft Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and have the best duo in NBA history or something like that.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Hold on, no, 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 hold on, hold on. We didn't live during the Michael Jordan era, so we couldn't think that. The reason I added duos is because... I chose one player off the list and was like, "Oh, but you can't talk about this guy and not talk about the guy he played with."
1: I agree. I agree, which is why my first duo pick, because I think that the duo pick is a little bit more nostalgic to me than than the player themselves, is that of um, is that of Katie and Russ. That's my that's my number one. Damn, pick.
0: that was gonna be my first pick.
1: That's my number one.
0: Oh, that one hurt. That was gonna be mine. Okay. Um I agree with you. I am also taking a duo at number one. I'm gonna take uh the unanimous MVP Steph Curry splash bros era.
1: Good pick. Yeah, really good pick. So is that did he um, was he unanimous in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. Twenty
0: sixteen,
1: when they won seventy three and then lost.
0: The year that they went like seventy three. Twenty
1: sixteen yeah. was one of the best years for the NBA, I won't even lie. What a great year for them. Yeah, I agree. What a great year for them. I'm
0: about to name like five, um, all five of my picks might be from that era. Wow. Oh, actually, that's cap because um, that's cap because my number two pick is not from that era. I am taking uh, the MVP, Derrick Rose.
1: Yeah, good pick. I knew that would come off the board. I didn't want the MVP, Derrick Rose, per se, um, but he had to get drafted within here at some point. So I agree that's a good pick. Um, yeah, let's keep it moving. So you went a little bit more recent than I did, I think, for most of these. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take another recent one right now and uh, throw it back to one that you know was also within that that 2016 to 2018 range. Uh, I want.
0: We might. You want to do like you want to do like seven picks for this instead of five.
1: Do you have seven picks?
0: Oh, I got a lot of picks. All
1: right, we can we can do as many as you want, bro. All
0: right, let's do seven. Let's do seven. All right,
1: Fine, fine, fine. We'll do seven. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Houston Rocket James Harden.
0: You can have that. It was not on my list. Okay,
1: okay. I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna take him. Um, so that that leaves me with the third pick, right? Correct. Okay. Well, um, this one I'm I'm throwing it back even further to 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 before I was even really a basketball fan, um, but. You know, I think it's somebody that people forget about a lot, um, and it's really the prime of this guy's career before he became, you know, someone who was more in the mainstream. Um, But I'm going to kick it back to Denver Nugget Carmelo Anthony. Oh, no, that was my next pick. Oh, my God, no way you took that. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. I like that one. Oh,
0: that hurt. I thought that one flew under the radar.
1: No, I was all over it.
0: I was gonna take Nuggets Carmelo too, not Nick's Carmelo. Yeah,
1: no no no. No one wants Nick's Carmelo, really I swear. Uh,
0: Alright. Um that one hurt. I'm gonna hit you right back with another haymaker. Uh I'm going to take Cleveland Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's a really good pick. That was And
0: with my fourth.
1: That was like the only non-controversial you you Kyrie. Can go. No, 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 yeah. I I was just going to say that was the only like non-controversial Kyrie before it all, you know, fell apart for him. Um oh, and I, I just, I'm going go to go back to Okay, keep going, sorry.
0: I'm I'm going back. I'm staying away from like the big players like the like Kobe and Braun and Yeah, me too. All I that think that's kind of unfair. Cuz like I'm staying away from that cuz it's too mainstream. Like that's not that nostalgic cuz we hear about it all the time. Yeah. Um yeah with my yeah. fourth pick i am going to take the lob city clippers
1: good pick good pick jack yeah i like Thank that you. one i like that one when deandre jordan was an was an nba an all nba player do you remember those days how on earth did that
0: oh, the good old days and they never won anything they never won a thing They never yeah, won they anything never won a thing.
1: so does this mean that i get picks five and six now
0: you get four and five Four and
1: five four and five okay great Great. With my number four pick, I'm shocked that I didn't even have this guy on my list until I just thought of it a couple of seconds ago, considering I sent you a reel about it like two days ago. I would like Toronto Raptor Kawhi Leonard. Oh, that was my next pick again, bro. (laughs) Come on. Stop taking my picks. Bro, I'm killing it with that right now. I'm killing it with that right now. But look, in my opinion, it's the best version of him um, that we ever got to see um it was him taking over a franchise and doing great with them and you know uh, I miss I miss the days where we could say Kawhi Leonard can play more than 50 games in the season that's that's just me though
0: you got you got your next next
1: one okay I'm also gonna throw it back a little bit here um when I think of this guy this is the team that I think of and he's like one of the only players in this franchise that I think of when I think of this franchise Um, give me Indiana Pacer, Paul George,
0: Paul George. Good pick. That's a good pick. All right. Uh, he was not on my board. Um, I've got a couple of good ones here. I got my five, six right now. Uh, at five, I'm going to go with, um, the Washington Wizards with John Wall and Bradley Beal.
1: Yeah. That one should have been picked earlier. That was a good one. That one, that one means a lot to us. Another group that
0: never won anything.
1: I know, but like, as a Celtics fan, I don't really know. You know, like the. Remember when we showed up in black suits and then lost? Those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days.
0: Well, but the Wizards were the team that like Isaiah Thomas went out and beat after his sister died in like a car accident. Huge, huge. And that's a very nostalgic series for me. So. I'm gonna move on to my sixth pick right now. Give me Orlando Magic Dwight Howard. I had An that on my list. Unsung hero. Took them to the finals. Took them to the finals one year. Um yeah. That is a very nostalgic pick for me. Superman. Yeah,
1: I definitely had that on my list. That was definitely that was definitely up there for me. Um Yeah, good pick, man. Good pick. I, I, thought right, I thought that would fly under the radar. All right, you got six and seven. that would fly under the radar because uh, you're, you're...
0: That's good value. That's good value in the sixth no, I, round, I, I think. I
1: definitely agree. I definitely agree. I also think that this one's a value pick just because of the memes here. Um, we've already briefly touched on this era and this team, but I think that you got to take Andre Iguodala from that Golden State Warriors team in 2015.
0: Give me Iguodala.
1: I want Iguodala. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's my next pick there.
0: Um, All right, wrap it up. Number seven, what you got?
1: <sighs> Number seven. Look, there are a lot of directions that I could go with this pick. I could go for a duo. I could go for a single. But I think I just got to go with where my heart's at and go with a duo. Again, from the Toronto Raptors, one that I very much miss. Give me DeMar DeRozan oh. and Kyle Lowry.
0: That was on my on my list. Um, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Bo- Big Booty Kyle, featured in our first ever corner office post. Yeah, that, that means a lot. Yeah, that's means a good a lot pick.
1: To Us over here in the office.
0: All right, I'm left to two guys left on my list. One of them, um, I'll leave for honorable mention, but is really a very nostalgic player for me. I'm simply not taking him because I already have someone else. Two other players from that team, um. And I'm left with a Celtic, and I'm, I've am i got a picture of him in my room that I'm looking at right now. Uh, give me Paul Pierce. Yeah. As a Celtics fan, yeah. growing up, you were playing around in the backyard calling yourself Paul Pierce, hitting fadeaway middies. And just the number 34, because of, because of Paul Pierce and because of David Ortiz, always has huge meaning in the city of Boston. And so... Whenever I look at this picture that I have on my, on my wall, I'm like, man, that was a great era of basketball. So he's just a guy that I grew up going to watch. Like he's one of those guys that as a Celtics fan, you were his biggest fan growing up him and Rajon Rondo for me, I was their biggest fans when I was little. And for me, it's great value at seven.
1: I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a great pick. Um, I'd like to I'd like to hear some of your honorable mentions though. I think that you you probably got some good ones over there, so hit me with them.
0: I I actually only have one. Only one. I only have one. I
1: also only have one.
0: Only have one. Only have one today. Uh and it's Draymond Green when he was on the Warriors, um like younger Draymond Green in that same era like when they were going against the Cavs when he had 32 points in the block by James game. Um I just feel like looking back, in the moment, I was like, man, I hate Draymond Green. Looking back at it, his like antics and his just like leadership as a team, like the things that he does on a court is looked at as a casual as bad, but looked at as an NBA fan as just like incredibly good for any team. And looking back, I'm just like, man, that was, that was a really good era of Draymond, and he did a lot for the game of basketball. So that's my honorable mention.
1: Okay, I think that's a good pick. My honorable mentions were um, Shaq and Penny Hardaway on the Orlando Magic. I didn't, th- I didn't have. Yeah, a- was
0: not alive for that, so
1: I didn't have a personal connection to either of those players. You know, growing up, so I didn't really feel like I could take that pick and you know stay true to my brand. Yep, Shaq,
0: Shaq played for the Celtics you know, one year, did
1: but like, but like I wasn't alive to see him on on Orlando, so I can't really. I didn't. I I wouldn't feel good about myself picking that. And then my other one was Chicago Bulls' Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah. He used to have a high-arcing shot, too. Yep. It would, like, it would go, like, 40 feet in the air sometimes. Yeah, that was a good era of Jimmy. But he's played on so many teams. Like, I look at Sixers' Jimmy, Minnesota Timberwolves' Jimmy for, like, that one year. He's just been a dog everywhere he went. I
1: got you. No, I know.
0: But it's different in Chicago because he's Michael Jordan's son.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I mean, look, you you want to wrap this thing up? I mean, that was that was pretty solid. I would say. Yeah. Let's let's wrap
0: it up here. That
1: was good. Yeah. That's a good draft. I like that. I like that from you.
0: Keep an eye out on the Instagram. As we said earlier, we're gonna be at the game tomorrow. We're definitely gonna be pumping out some content from that. Ooh, yeah. So baby. keep an eye out. And I mean, f- for now, we'll see you later. As always, I'm Jack Byrne.
1: And I'm Alex going Corner three. Gone three.